Welcome to Families Matter Workshop. I'm Dr. Christine Turner. And I'm her daughter, Allison Jones. And we come from a family of dysfunction. This is a podcast for all families. Join us as we discuss family dynamics and provide tools we discovered and used to heal dysfunction in our own family. All it takes is for one family member to choose healthy change in order to improve family dynamics. And if we can heal, so can you. This is Families Matter Workshop. Welcome to this week's podcast of Families Matter Workshop. We are going to be discussing parenting styles. Uh, This week, we're going to focus on three different parenting styles. We have authoritarian parenting style, permissive parenting style, and gentle parenting. And and just to start off, you know, I didn't know that there was this such thing as gentle parenting style. I pretty much knew about authoritarian. I knew about permissive, but it seems that there's this new thing that's called gentle parenting style. So I'm going to be asking you a lot of questions about that and what that looks like. Yeah. And a lot of your research is based in authoritarian and permissive parenting. Those two on my own, um, I have chosen a more of a gentle parenting approach and I'm a new parent. I have um, a 16 month old. And so the research that I've done has been, you know, I'm, I'm definitely no expert by any means, but I have looked into gentle parenting and what that looks like and how I plan on using uh, certain approaches with my own family. And when you talk about that, it just reminds me when you said that you looked at the research because, you know, Allie has a new baby. And I was like, when, when, when the baby was born, I had these ideas, you know, things that worked for me and um, back in the nineties. Yeah. And so I was, I, you know, I would do things or tell her to do things. And I'm like, why aren't you doing what I'm, you know, these tips at work? And she's like, well, instead of, you know, talking to you, I go online to the actual experts. Right. And I think, you know, as millennials, we have access to the internet and not saying that everything on the internet is valid and right, but we do have access to experts on these issues. Like we do have what the doctors say right at our fingertips, especially if you know what to look for. Whereas in the past in generations, you really had to rely on your mom or your grandma and what, you know, their tips are. I don't want to say like old wives tales, but a lot of it was, you know, Hey, this is what worked for me. You go to your friend, you go to your neighbors, you go to your family. Right. right. And I, and I think that I will say that as the time has gone, you have a lot more respect for some of my ideas than at first. Um, but you, you validate it through the research. And so when we're talking about these parenting styles, you know, we're talking about research and the expert. We're going to kind of have to think about because as Christians, we know that there is the expert. Um, So what does the Bible say? So what does the Bible say about parenting and how has the Bible been misused to hurt people and the parenting, you know, child parent relationships because it's maybe misinterpreted. Right. So you're saying that what motivates your parenting style is kind of research. Yeah. um, And also, you know, I have a background in education. So in education, we use research-based practices for our educational approaches. So research-based lessons, that sort of thing. And I just am ingrained with that's how things are done. Right. And so when I approach parenting, it's very similar that I want to use evidence-based parenting styles. And, And I guess I have more of a sociologist view because having taught for all these years, I've seen every single parenting style. 
right? And I've seen, you know, the effects and who's a little bit more successful and how damaging sometimes particular parenting styles with good intentions, you know, the love is there, um, have, have harmed relationships and harmed fostering the kinds of relationships that they have. And so, you know, I just want like, for me, my parenting style thought it was pretty permissive to a degree. Allie might, you know, as we get into defining things, you know, we might change that, but that, um, I had a, a dad who was very authoritarian and a mother who was very permissive. I didn't want to be like, uh, you know, like use anger to control. Like, you know, it would be nothing like when I was growing up to be here, like get over here, you little a-hole before I knock the hell out of you would be like a common correction, <laughs> you know, and yeah. I didn't want to do that. I guess I can say that I think that parenting, what we choose is parenting that the past generations affect our choices in parenting. Sometimes we're going to say like, I'm going to do the opposite of exactly the opposite of my parents, or I'm going to uh, follow maybe a Christian. My parents say, spare the rod, spoil the child. So, you know, that's what I'm going to do. And I'm respectful and honor your father and mother. And so that's the way my parents did it. That's the way I'm going to do it too. And I turned out just fine. And it's, I think we need to take a look at some of this and to say, you know, is this if, if we continue with this type of parenting style, are we going to have the relationships that we want later on? Right. And I think also it's really important that we remember that we are two white women from, you know, middle class and that our listeners hopefully are, you know, a very diverse group and that we have to remember that there are definite cultural and historical influences on parenting styles as well. And there's expectations within your culture that you are going to parent a certain way. Right. And so for example, you know, the family name is very important in the, in the Asian culture. I know that um, respect for authority is very, you know, my black friends, they kind of use the term like we don't play and that they have authority. You will do what mama says. And, right. and there's a great love between the parents, even though there's more maybe an authoritarian style than what I might have used. And what's really interesting is just like a background in, into our family is both of your brothers married outside of their race. Correct. And so we've seen an Asian influence. Right. And we've seen a Hispanic influence, Mexican influence, um, and how their family dynamics are different than our family. Right. And it's not a better, it's not a better than, but it's, but it, it's something that I think we need to be intentional and not just fly by the seat of our pants. And, and that's what I think what we're, we're going to talk about is like, is this going to have the outcome that I want for the future to have like what we are finally at the point that we can have difficult conversations without ending our relationship. I think that might be a goal that every family might want to have, you know, right. Or not, you know, not. there might be people who are afraid of that, but I think it's, it's a goal that everyone really should have. And we all have the same goal is that we want our kids to be happy and we want our kids to, you know, have success. Right. right. And there's different ways to get to that end goal. We're not saying that there's one parenting style that's better or worse than others, but we have to look at what the Bible says and what the, what, what research says and, right. and, and, and what we feel in our heart, you know, and, and what's our motivation because sometimes, you know, our parenting style might be a desire to control. Like I, I have to control everything and we have to, you know, maybe if we look at that and go, well, if God doesn't control us, he himself, who knows what's absolute best for us, you know, having a parenting style that's absolute control, you know, is that biblical? 
um, because that's a lot of that goes into authoritarian. Can you kind of tell the story of how my parenting changed when I became religious? If you've been following this podcast, you know that wasn't very spiritual, kind of a permissive home. Then I became very religious and started to live out of the kingdom of religion instead of the kingdom of the world. And now, you know, I'm now I'm trying to live or desire to live out of the kingdom of God. But tell them about what my parenting. Yeah. So I think that a lot of your influences came from your friends that you saw were holier than you. Right. So they were the authority on God. And so therefore, they're the authority on how to parent. And you went from being a permissive parent to being authoritarian, but in a way that didn't really make sense for the dynamic within our family. Right. It was almost like, whoa, like, who is this crazy lady who's spanking me in the discount bread parking lot with a flip-flop kind of thing. Right, right. And and I ha- will say that like my heart was never in it. It always felt like, um, oh God, now now I have to discipline. And I and I had somebody of great influence in my life that, at that time that told me that directly that I was sinning, that my children were out of control and that I needed, you know, that the Bible said, spare the rod, spoil the child. And that um, I needed to spank. I needed to spank my kids frequently and often to get them to behave and that I wasn't loving my children because I wasn't giving them what they needed biblically. Right. Um, And there were also a lot of restrictions that we, uh, let's say, oh, um, we couldn't watch Arthur because- you were because DW and Arthur had conflict and Allie and Jeffrey had conflict. And so therefore this influence of Arthur on our relationship was what was a demonic thing. That's I, I was told that. And so hearing that now it just makes me cringe. And I'm, you know, this is how far we've come. I mean, it just breaks my heart. Um, I mean, I think we can laugh about it now laugh about it. And that's one of the things I think to get to where we can talk about difficult things is like, you know, I've had to own this. Why? Were you so open to these influences? I think underneath it all, it comes to, um, you know, at the time that that was happening, I hadn't got healed of anything having to do with childhood sexual abuse. Like, Like if you read my book, it was a repressed thing. Right. So I had no awareness. So, um, so I'm living out of this terrified heart. Mm-hmm. And so when somebody would tell me, you know, and, and the thought that I had of God, my concept of God was that God's up there with a hammer waiting, waiting to destroy me. Because if your own father can abuse you in this way, then, and you, you know, you tend to think of God as, so I could There's definitely like a parallel between father, your father on earth and the father God. Right. And work to be done on that. And so, um, so my concept of God was that God was waiting up in heaven or that he had a, a hammer and he could destroy me at any minute and just like squash me like a bug. And so here's this powerful authoritarian God who could give terrible consequences. The God of the Old Testament. The God of the Old Testament. And so um, and so I was so afraid. And of course, I love you. And when and somebody telling me that I'm not loving you the way God tells me to love you was devastating to me. And yeah, but like why if someone told that told me that, I think that I would absolutely just be like, you're crazy. Yeah. Um, I mean, there, the Holy Spirit was t- kind of telling me that. I mean, I look back now and go, yeah, remember how like, you know, really? Like, you know, and, and like seeing. Enough- I guess I guess probably the issue is like the discernment was messed up because of, and we talked about this in the previous episode. Right. 
your discernment was messed up because of the trauma of abuse. You have learned to suppress your discernment right? when you are a victim of abuse. When you're a victim of abuse, you can't trust your discernment. You've been gaslit so much that, right. that, that, you know, it seems like, and so it's like, it seems like I'm loving my kids, but you're telling me this and you're reading it to me out of scripture and you're handing me books with all these people that agree with you. I must be wrong. It comes down to like the big lie um, for me was um, I make bad decisions. I think that there's a core lie with abuse that, right. and so, and so if you believe in your heart, I make bad decisions, it's just your ability to trust yourself is just blown to smithereens. And right. so, um, and so that must have been really hard as a mom to feel like you weren't a good mom. I just think, I think that's why I'm so passionate about this is like, I lived my life in terror of making mistakes and I, and I was so wishy-washy of what's true, what's not true, you know, what's right. And, and I had that discernment was so devastated, you know, knowing like living free of fear now is so freeing that I just want everybody to get this. To experience that. Yeah. And, you know, I, I find myself too being an anxious mother, you know, every little well, thing. Can I just say apple tree? Yeah. I mean. <laughs> right. <laughs> But I also think that because of the work that you've done and the knowledge that you've passed down to me, think that I trust myself more as a mom because of it. And I can trust my decisions. And, you know, we did have this conversation when uh, Walker, my son, was really little, was, well, why aren't you following my advice? And, you know, well, I have the advice of the experts. And then you came to me a couple months later and validated that hey, you know what, like you, you do know what you're doing. You need to trust your instinct, instinct as a mom, right. because I was second guessing myself saying, well, should I be listening to my mom? Like, right. should I not right. follow my gut? Because my mom did such a good job raising us. You know, she, she really knows, but I think a mom has that gut instinct of what to do for their child. Right. And also the gut instinct of like, you know what, I'm going to follow my gut and I'm not going to do everything right but I'm going to follow my gut and, and trust my instincts. And, and, you know, parenting is just kind of like, well, that's not working. Let's try something else. You know, that's right. not working, but you don't need that. The voice of me, you know, you know, in your ear. And it was just a lack, uh, you know, God really dealt with me on submitting to your authority. Like this is not my baby. I had my turn. You right. get to choose how to do it and you get the full joy of that and the full responsibility of that. Right. That can be scary because, you know, we have dealt with codependency in the past where we've had a codependent relationship, but I appreciate you respecting me as a mom and saying, Oh, like you, you're doing a good job. Well, and I mean, like, like, I think a lot of times you get anxious and I'm like, there's so many neglectful parents out there that somehow raise people that are fairly productive citizens. Like you're going to make it like you're doing good, honey. Right. <laughs> right. So let's talk about the authoritarian parenting style. And then we'll get into permissive parenting and last gentle parenting. Right. And so when um, it comes to authoritarian, what would you think that would look like? Um, I would say the parents are the head of the household and whatever they say goes. Yeah. And I think, I think there's a lot of positives for an authoritarian home. There's going to be a house of order and control, very much paying attention. Yeah. We know, especially from teaching that children thrive in routine. Right. And so that's really positive that you know what time to go to bed, you know what time to get up, you know that backpacks are packed, lunches are ready. You know, this is what's going to happen if you 
you know, don't follow along with the rules. The children are very obedient and they're outwardly very, very successful children. They're also really respectful to other adults. Like I know in the past from teaching students who came from these types of homes were the most respectful. They always had their homework done. And what would happen though, with those kind of kids, if you, if you said, I have to call your mom. Absolute meltdown. I mean, just please don't, please don't, please don't begging, pleading, crying. crying. They were, they outwardly were terrified of getting in trouble with their parents. And oftentimes like, I'm going to get spanked. I'm going to get hit. You right. know, like, like there was going to be a corporal punishment right. associated with this kind of home. So that's one of the negatives. And w- one of the negatives is that there's not going to be really a foundation for, for building a deep relationship because the parents really don't care what the children have to say. Right. It's, you know, the parents are the head of the household. They are the boss and the children, their opinions don't really matter. And there's a very um, little mutual respect. It's, you know, you will respect me. Right. And the, they kind of just see the children as children. Right. Or, or less than like, I think that there can also be a very deep resentment from the children because there's a double standard. It's like, you have to respect me at all times. I get to act inappropriately to get you to act appropriately. So So screaming, yelling, spanking, hitting. Like, so my dad's saying, um, get over here, you little a-hole before I knock the hell out of you. You know, he's acting inappropriately, maybe because um, I didn't clean my room. Right. And so that brings a lot of resentment because there's this double standard. And then we especially get into a problem if there's Christians. Could you imagine saying that to your dad? Get over here, you little a-hole. I wish. No, I'm just teasing. <laughs> but, uh, but, but I think that what happens is that this, this, when you're this, it can really drive children away from their faith. Because if you're using this and you're putting Bible scriptures, but children are not free to share their feelings. And it also, the children get gaslit a little bit in this because, you know, it's like if the parent um, loses it or spanks the child uh, really harshly, then the parent will say, you shouldn't have, you know, the gaslighting excuse comes in. You made me beat you. You made me give you this harsh, harsh punishment. Um, and And I think the word punishment is really important because these kinds of families believe that if, if somebody does something wrong, you punish them. Right. And that's different than discipline because punishment has an anger component. Like you better suffer. You have to suffer, not you have to learn. You have to be trained, but you have to suffer. I think that in our house too, we had a mixture of both authoritarian and permissive. I think dad was definitely more authoritarian. Um, he never really used spankings. I remember getting maybe two spankings from him ever, but he was very much on board with you spanking us. Right. I mean, I hate to say, but your dad kind of, I felt like was the invisible man in in, uh, the the discipline, like, just like, let it go. I don't like peace at all costs. Um, I'll step in if, if, if I need to, but you know, you handle it, Chris. But also he was not physically present for a lot of things because he was a pilot. Right. So he was gone, you know, 50% of the time. Right. And, and I do think too, that, that he kind of thought, well, you're the teacher, you're the expert. So, right. you know, you're trained in this stuff. Like, But I remember when he did step in for discipline, it was a fear thing for us. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like we were, um, we were very scared of confronting or questioning dad's authority. Right. 
right? But but it was few and far between. What did you think? You know, when when I'm like, I remember like telling you guys, okay, you know, I have to discipline you. I'm an authoritarian. Spare the rod, spoil the child. I have to teach you the way that you should go. Go to your room, and you're going to get a spanking. And like, like, and I was told like you can't do it in anger. So you have to be this like cold and calm. Bring the wooden spoon, which I think was really good because you would send us to our room for the spanking and you took a minute to calm down. And I think if anyone chooses to spank their child, definitely practice this. Right. Don't, don't spank them immediately. Give your second, give yourself a second um, before you spank. But I think also your cool down period, you'd come in and then your heart wasn't in it. Yeah. My heart wasn't in it. And so like, I'm, I know I have to give you this spank and, and I mean, I, you guys tell me now that you guys would laugh like crazy afterwards because it would be like <laughs> tap, tap, tap with a wooden spoon, you know. And and I also, being my talkative self, could very easily persuade you out of a spanking by saying, wait, 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 let's just talk about it. Let's just talk about it first. <laughs> I'm really sorry. Wait, 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 wait. Before you spank me, let me, let me just tell you. Let me just tell you, I won't ever do it again. I know. And you would say like, how many spanks is it going to be? three, you know, is it going to hurt? Yes, it's going to hurt. And then I'd (laughs) give you these taps. So, so, I mean, I think, I think whatever you believe in, you need to believe in it, you know? Um, And also something that had a lot of influence, you know, you talk about how this other person had a, a large influence of your life and you kind of like allowed discipline to come from other sources. Right. Yeah. Um, which is something that, you know, I won't be carrying on with my Oh, absolutely not. It was it was harmful, it was wrong and 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 you know, I just want you to know that if you have a history like ours and you're wanting to restore relationships, like you don't just have to own your stuff one time. Like you just don't get to tell your kids like, "I'm sorry that I was a religious fanatic who um, you know, abused you." And 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 I said I was sorry. Right. Because they have to process through it. And so I have to say that I I've said I'm sorry and I am sorry. But we've learned from this and and we are able to talk about it. And I own my stuff, but I also own that that's not who I am now and why. And and I think that's how you really kind of get on the other side to have a transparent relationship. As a parent, too, who has experienced both permissive and authoritarian parenting styles, you have apologized, but you're not afraid to keep apologizing. And I think that if you're an authoritarian parent, you are very reluctant to apologize to your child because you think, oh, I shouldn't have to apologize to my child because you view your child as less than you. And you're not going to quote unquote, like submit or bow down in any sort of way to your child. Right. And I think this is where the struggle is. And I see this a lot in the Christian circles that that I coach in and that I help people with is that all of a sudden now their kids are adults and they don't want anything to have to do with their religion that they grew under, that they were, you know, bossed around by using God's name. And I think that's using God's name in vain when we do that. And, and then, and now all of a sudden they want a relationship and the parents want a relationship with you when you've been controlled by this person for your whole life, you finally get out from under their control and you haven't loved their interpretation of Jesus. And you have resentments towards the way that you were raised. And these parents are like, oh, I want a relationship with you. How deep can your relationship be if you feel in your heart that your parent doesn't respect you? Right. And like, yeah. And it's like, I don't, you're not safe. I don't want to be around you. I don't want, you know, I don't want you. And that's, and the parents are heartbroken. And yet, you know, there has to be this ownership 
and recognizing, you know, the damage that was done. And, you know, the other thing that, that comes out of this, I think, is that, like, we're training our children for the future. And so we want to train them in the way they should go. And that is how can you confront respectfully with other people? And that was something that I had to be taught because I was such a hothead, you know, from day one is I had to be taught how to argue respectfully or how to disagree respectfully and, you know, realize that my parents, I, I do need to respect them. And you guys realized what my personality was like. And after teaching me how to disagree respectfully, you guys then allowed me to have a voice in the family. And so that's where coming out of this authoritarian parenting style, I think that was a really cool part of it was that my, I had a voice within this family system and that voice was respected. Right. And that's one of the things is like, you know, I remember actively teaching the steps of how to disagree and that you can say, I disagree with you. And I disagree with this and, and, you know, and, and it's kind of setting the ground roots. Like you're allowed to disagree with me, but you're not allowed to say, I disagree with you and cuss at me and scream and rage. You know, right. it had to be like, you had to talk, you had to be calm and you had to um, have a conversation. And I had to realize that just because I'm having this conversation doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to get my way at the end of it. Right. That if their decision was still the same, then I had to respect that decision. So now um, let's kind of go into the permissive side. In our early years of childhood, you were very much a permissive parent. Right. Absolutely. And I mean, and even even um, as I came out of and I stopped being authoritarian, I went back into permissive because yeah. like, my whole thing was I really felt like my goal and desire was to make people happy. And you remember we, our, our, our definition of love is speaking, behaving and responding to a loved one for their highest good. And so a um, lot of times that happiness wouldn't align with the highest good, right? And so you would go in favor of the happiness rather than right, what was good for us, right? And so like, giving you giving into you and letting you have your way, maybe reinforce some of that. um, You know, like, like, not really your fault, you've been trained to be persistent and argumentative, because it works. And that wasn't really in your highest good as a child to to keep okay, yeah, you can have okay, yeah, you can have. Oh, yeah, okay, and give in, give in, give in, because you were trained, if I persist long enough, and persuasively enough, then I ultimately am going to get what I want. And that wasn't for your highest good, because it wasn't teaching you boundaries, it wasn't teaching you how to um, negotiate conflict, because you always had to win. Right. And so, you know, that was where the children really ran the show. Right. And so that's what permissive parenting is. Why did you choose? I guess it's not really a choice, but why do you think that your parenting style manifested in a permissive way? I think that um, I wanted to have a close relationship with you guys. I wanted the opposite of authoritarian that I grew up with. So, okay, authoritarian, I'm going to do the opposite. And I was compensating for a deficit. I was going to have and create the childhood that for you guys, that I never had. Okay. I think people that come from abusive homes or homes where they experience this authoritarian parenting style so severely would agree that that's why they chose permissive. It's that they wanted the opposite and they wanted to compensate for a childhood that they didn't have. 
Right. And they also had the, the oftentimes the, the mindset that consequences are punishment. Like I remember when I would read the scripture about God disciplining us, it terrified me because I wasn't able to think about discipline through the lens of discipline is to train you and to teach you something. It's not to punish you. And the most common way that God trains us is by giving us the consequence of what happened. Right. And I want to also point out just from a teacher point of view about this, uh, making up for a deficit, because what deficits have you seen that parents are kind of like trying to make up for? A lot of times it is from a single parent home, um, usually with an absent father. And the, the parent feels some sort of guilt around that. And so they give in to what their child wants. Um, I'm thinking of one in particular where discipline wasn't a thing. It was, I'm going to bribe you in order for you to behave rather than providing consequences. Right. And, and I've seen kids who um, are, are picked on by other kids or have something that the parents are trying to make up for this lack, you know, something that they want to change for their child that it's breaking their heart. But instead of it breaking, you know, just saying, this is something my child has to overcome, they try to compensate in some way for it. Especially with, you know, girls around middle school age, you know, there's a lot of girl drama and conflict. And I see a lot of moms really try to like overcompensate when it comes to like friend drama, right? Maybe they are going to, and I'm guilty of that. Like your, your, your feelings are hurt by this group. Well, you have this new group and we're going to go do something really fun so that, you know, we can make up to you or we're, we're, I'm going to, you know, somebody rejected you. So I'm going to take you out to get your nails done. Or, you know, there's kind of this trying to make up for pain in your child's life that goes along with permissive parenting. And sometimes, you know, it might be, especially with the girls in drama, if like your daughter goes from this group to this group to this group, and there's always drama, then maybe your daughter's the drama queen, you know, and that's really hard to, to recognize, you know, um, and to deal with because no one, you know, no one wants to see their children unhappy. Right. And, you know, unfortunately, that's a really tough pill to swallow. But having a conversation with your daughter, if you suspect that she could be the drama, She could be the one that's hurting other people's feelings. You know, that's something that you then have to take responsibility for and teach them. Teach them. And and, and how would you teach that? But I also think um, moms with daughters who are uh, catty tend to be the moms that have modeled that behavior in front of their daughter in the past. Right. And so, you know, making sure that you're modeling healthy friendships. That's great. That's great. And, and, and I think, well, you know, with Permissa, why do we choose it? Well, we don't want the backlash of consequences. Falling through is difficult because it's hard having your kid mad at you when you provide consequences. Yeah. And just tough, you know, and, and to be able to detach from their unhappiness. I mean, like everything in you right now is this new mother is so attached to your child's emotions, right? Yes. And well, he's finally entered the lovely tantrum phase. And I texted my best friend and I said, can the terrible two start early? Because I swear my 16 month old is throwing the worst tantrums that I've seen. And I want to get into um, gentle parenting in a few minutes and what I've done 
for those. Right. And so, um, so following through is difficult. And this is, you know, and, and just to mention, as I mentioned, this follow through is difficult, it's easier in the moment that there's all these other kind of parenting, like neglectful, not involved at all. You know, it's very difficult. And I say often parenting is the most unselfish thing I was ever forced to do. Like, no, I don't want to share my ice cream. No, I don't want to stop watching the show. No, I don't want to turn this off because it's inappropriate that I'm enjoying. I mean, just a matter of like, you know, like this too, like, no, I don't get to sleep. No, I wonder how parents can be good parents without Christ in them to give them that supernatural love when it's hard. Right. Because like, um, without my faith this past 16 months, I have no idea how I would have dealt with the anxiety and the different things that have come up as a parent. Right. Just, you know, sickness and worry and fear. fear and, and, you know, what do you do when you're afraid you're blowing it? You know, because that's the thing that underneath it all as parents, like I'm blowing it. You know, well, Christ is going to, you know, he fixes my mistakes. He's fixed all these other mistakes. He's going to even fix my parenting mistakes. So, you know, so uh, permissive parents, that's easier in the moment, you know, just keep the peace. Sometimes they just lack confidence and they're like, I'm my, you know, there's a time when it's, it's my way or the highway. Yeah. And, um, and sometimes they can be so enmeshed in children's feelings and emotions and that's codependency. And, um, you know, where you feel like what's happening to your child is happening to you. And, um, that can be very, um, that can be really hard. I think, um, especially because, you know, you want this close relationship and it's important to have, you know, this attachment with your child, you want them to, you know, rely on you emotionally and all this stuff, but you have to create a boundary at some point to where you, where your kid is allowed to have the consequences of their own actions. Right. Right. Because you have to prepare them for society. Right. Yeah. So now tell me about gentle parenting. Okay. And again, I am not the uh, know-it-all when it comes to gentle parenting. This is just the research that I've done for my own journey as a mom. Um, But there are four different aspects of parenting that is a little different than permissive and authoritarian. I would say that it maybe takes the best of both of these parenting styles and it like meets in the middle. So you have um, empathy and understanding and respect. And I think a lot of that comes from the permissive parenting, you know, and permissive parenting, you definitely respect what your child says because what your child says goes. Right. Like they're the boss. So, right. Yeah. Um, there's definitely a lot of empathy and understanding in permissive parenting. Right. But permissive parenting lacks boundaries. And so with gentle parenting, you have to set boundaries and stick to boundaries with your child. You have to be consistent. And I think that gentle parenting takes a lot more work than permissive parenting and even authoritarian parenting, because you have to be proactive rather than reactive. So when you see these behaviors of your child that you don't like, providing a punishment is almost too late. Right. So you, you maybe know, say, you know, I noticed this and this is happening, have maybe have a conversation or. Yeah. So, but what, like what happens when you can't do that? So I'll just provide an example of something that happened with my toddler is he, we have a staircase in our house and he has access to the outside of the staircase, but the inside of the staircase is blocked off with a child safety gate. And so he likes to step up and try to climb the outside. And that is very dangerous, you know? Um, And so my husband and I agreed from the start before we even had kids that we would not spank our children and we would not yell at our children. So how are we going to 
address a safety concern, saying to him, no climbing, no climbing, no climbing, is just reinforcing that um, he got a reaction out of us. Right. So if we go over there and we make a big deal about no climbing, a lot of times a child's behavior is born out of seeking attention. And you have to understand what the root of that behavior is. So when he's climbing on the outside of the staircase, it's usually when we're all in the same room and mom and dad are watching a show and he's overplaying independently and then decides to climb. And so I, we had a conversation, my husband and I, about I think that he just wants our attention. Right. So we've tried redirecting and sometimes redirecting works. So what we've have taught him is we've taught him how to step up to the first step and step down safely. And then we praise him when he has stepped off of the stairs. So reinforcing the behavior that you want with praise. So um, that is just one little example of like an approach to gentle parenting. Overall, the, the overarching thing is that you have to teach your children the behaviors you wish to see. You have to be proactive in that you are focusing on teaching rather than punishing. Right. And, and, and that would mean that you're going to have to put some thought into it. What's, what is this behavior? What's the behavior I would like want to see? And the other thing is you're going to have to do some work. Because I mean, I, I, you know, I hate when I heard you say, we're not going to yell at our child in my heart. I was kind of like, mm, let's see how that goes. No. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, because, because especially when you see an unsafe behavior, your, your instinct is no, 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 wait, 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 wait. Right. Right. And maybe there's a point, you know, like in safety, that, that, but you're saying an anger as discipline. Right. But, but, um, but the thing about it is, you know, to, to know the behavior, but also to be a role model yourself, because a lot of the, the problems that we have in family dynamics is that there's the, our words don't match our actions. And so, right. so if you're expecting a particular behavior from your child, you have to have mastered that yourself. Right. And so something that my husband and I are working on, I wouldn't say we're perfect at it, but when we have disagreements with each other, we're trying not to disagree in a bickering way in front of him. Right. We want to, you know, have those arguments, disagreements, whatever, right away from him, you know, as any relationship with right. a partner, things can get heated sometimes. And so we want to make sure that we're not exposing him number one to that stress. Right. And, and you're just, and I think that's a huge one to just talk about. If you're going to do gentle parenting is what is your com communication style? Because so much of the problems that we have in family is just comes down to how, how do we talk to each other, especially when we're upset? Um, and right. yeah. And I think, you know, when we compare gentle parenting to permissive and authoritarian, um, it gives kids a role and a purpose within the family unit and the parents are still the leaders. It's like a team, right? So right. we have the team leaders, which are the parents and then the rest of the team are the children and their contribution to the team is what makes the team successful and empowering the children to like feel their emotions and be understood and to have empathy for what's going on in their life is something that will lead to success for the future. Because, you know, you're saying you're, you're empowering them to be a good teammate, right? Which is a great attribute to have in society. Right. And so, um, Children are very selfish and self-centered and, you know, you spend the whole first two years teaching them that the world revolves around them. And then you spend the next 16 years and the rest of their lives teaching them the world doesn't revolve around you. 
how do you know how like how would you ad- address disrespect um ugly tones stomping their feet you know well there has to, there has to be natural consequences there has to be boundaries right so my son was unhappy the other day and he bit my leg right and so now mind I, you 16 months does he know that he's biting your leg he knows that he's frustrated okay I, I I wouldn't even know if he knows that he's frustrated, but he's frustrated and he's acting out in a way that I don't like. Right. And it hurt you, whether it's accidental or not, you can't bite. Like you can't. Right. Bite. Yeah. And so instead of like saying no bite, I put him on the floor and walked away from him because I have the choice and the ability to do that. And so I think gentle parenting as you know, you get older and you get, you know, preteens, right. whatever right. is you have to realize that you are in control of your actions and reactions. And if you are dealing with disrespect, you have the opportunity to disengage, to remove yourself, and then to come back and say, you know, this is my boundary. I'm not going to let you speak to me that way. And I'd like us to practice interacting with one another in a respectful way, because that's what gentle parenting is, is teaching the behavior that you wish to see. In school, we, we used to have practice academy. And practice academy was, oh, you walk down the hallway and the class was talking and they were being disrespectful to the other classes around them. The reason why we have to be quiet in the hallways is because other people are learning and my class couldn't do that. So instead of going to recess, we're going to have practice academy where we practice walking in the hallway in a respectful way. Right. And so that, that is, you know, something that they hate and, and, and it's active, you know, so it's a, it's a natural consequence. And I mean, when I taught school, I'm like, you know what, if you're not good at something, then you really need to practice. Right. And so I can see where, you know, apple tree. And so, and so, oh, you know, you're not good. And, and like, this you're is not a, good at getting along with your brother. So you need to practice. So you guys are going to sit down and, and you're going to put together this puzzle together. That's one of the, the things I came up with that I thought was genius is like, you know what, you guys need to practice. You guys aren't very good at this. No friends today. Let's just practice getting along with each other. I think you can do that with a lot of things. You know, you're hitting, you're throwing toys, oh, you know, you're not using this toy respectfully, you're not using this toy appropriately, then you don't get to use this toy until you can show mom that you can do it appropriately. Right. And just to point out, like, basically, when and we'll get into this, when we go into boundaries is, you know, your your choices when somebody violates your boundary is fight, freeze, withdraw, you know, so if you say no, and somebody doesn't listen to that, you know, you you can fight them physically, well, we're, we're not going to do that in our family, you or you withdraw from them. And so, um, or, and you have to kind of come up with consequences that enforce the boundary in some way, which sometimes is timeout. And so do you think a, a, two, a 16 month old can experience timeout yet? No. And gentle parenting is really not about timeout, but like time in is what they call it. Right. So giving them opportunities to practice the desired behavior and reinforcing that through praise. And I'm kind of on the fence um, when it comes to timeout. I would not put my 16-month-old in timeout. Um, I think the sweet spot is really like starting around three years old, which you just cringed. And I'm just smirking because um, th- this is the thing. This is research-based. This, this is three research years based. old. And, and I also want to bring some research that says that if your child by the age of four years old does not have impulse control they will go to school rejected. So if they don't know how to stand in line, keep their hands from themselves. So you have a lot to work to do between three and four, but yeah. Okay. What they're saying, the, the research behind timeout is 
that you really shouldn't, they really don't understand it. It's not developmentally appropriate until three. And, and, and my, uh, my, my old school parenting is I don't really care if you understand it. You're going to sit there and you're going to have a consequence and you know, you're going to think about it and you're, you're not going to like time out. And I'm going to say, no, you know, no biting here's time out. And I don't think a 16 month old, but you know, where your child is, it seems to me too, that your child's a little more advanced than, than some. And so. it does say between the, I want to uh, clarify that it's between two and three is yeah. a good, a, a good time. point to kind of start doing. Okay, good. So my instinct from old mama school was three is a little bit too late, but it needs to be an appropriate for their age, which is, you know, about one minute. Yeah. Two minutes. Uh, well, I went with one uh, minute per year. So when you were eight, you had eight minutes, but, but, um, but let's just kind of go with, with all these because, and, and, what I'm hearing you and tell me you're right. Like, have you decided like, yes, gentle parenting is what I'm following or is this just one of your resources? I would say I'm predominantly going to try gentle parenting and see how it goes. Okay, good, good. Let's just, I just kind of want to talk about some biblical things and let's say like the three of these do, how do they align? Okay. okay. With gentle parenting? Uh, with all three, permissive, okay. authoritarian, gentle. Cause the Bible says that we should honor our father and our mother. Okay. And I think an authoritarian, you can, um, if we're looking at the most extreme authoritarian parents. Right. I do think that sometimes, and we'll, we'll get into this in a future podcast, that honor thy father and mother is used as a um, manipulation. Right. That that I get to do whatever and I want because I'm to the control. parent. I, I'm like the, 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 the king, uh, the ruler or the emperor of this family. And so whatever I do goes, but I'm, I'm, I'm not accountable, but you are accountable. But honor means, you know, respect. Um, and I think in permissive parenting, I think in permissive parenting, you can get away from honoring father and mother because it's child centered. And so sometimes, you know, if a child is disrespectful to the parent, that behavior kind of slides by right. with permissive parenting. I think that authoritarian parents use it as a way to control Right. And, and gentle parenting, the honoring the mother and the father will come naturally. Well, and it's also just like, well, you don't setting boundaries and just, and just recognizing like you are a child, you don't know what's right. You don't know what's good for you. You know, you would, if, if without my guidance, you're, you're, you're not going to make it kind of thing. And so having that um, belief in yourself, that confidence that yes, I, I know what's good and you are going to do that. Um, and we can have conversations, but ultimately I'm the decision maker um, until you're out of the house, you know, and, but also, okay. So gentle parenting is a little bit different because you have to empower your children's choices. And so let's say, oh, I want, I didn't want to eat my dinner, but I want to have ice cream for dessert. And so you say to your child, like the gentle parenting approaches, oh, well, I'm sorry, but we're not having ice cream right now. Ice cream's not on the menu you can have your dinner that I saved for you, or you can have this alternative healthy snack like celery and right. ranch or whatever it is. Offering that to your child, they say, no, I want ice cream. Say, well, ice cream's not on the menu. So you have a choice between A and B, you know, bedtime seven o'clock. So you need to make that choice before seven o'clock, or you're going to have to go to bed without eating. And then we can put ice cream on the menu for tomorrow night after we eat our dinner. Right. So yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of talking. 
um, and, it and is explaining a lot of, talk, a lot of explaining, teaching. but I mean, I, I think I did that. Like, like you can have three meals you don't like, if you don't like it, you can go fix yourself your own peanut butter and jelly, yeah. but I'm not, I'm not cooking you another meal. This is what's on the menu. Right. And so we did similar. So there's a lot of similarities just kind of repackaged. Right. Uh, if you love your children, you will discipline them. That's what the Bible, I mean, I cannot tell you how many times I was shocked because I hated the word discipline. And it, it even says that discipline for us is like choice oil being poured upon our head. What is discipline? And um, I think that having discipline means that you have self-control. Like if I think about like, what does discipline look like for myself? You have self-control. You have the ability to make good choices and you have certain boundaries that you set for yourself right. to keep you on a path that you are happy with. Right. And for me, discipline took the, the, the form of punishment, making somebody unhappy. So um, if you love your children, you will discipline them. Authoritarian, 100% embraces that. Uh, I, think they take, I think they take it too far because I think they tend to, to punish versus discipline because you have to define the word discipline. And discipline is, is um, I'm going to train you in the way that you should go. God is the most gentle disciplinarian. He only gives us as much uh, consequence as needed to correct behavior. Um, and I think that in a, a gentle parenting, that is really embraced is the training in the way that you should go. And, and when you discipline, you're unhappy. You make somebody unhappy. And so when God disciplines me, I'm unhappy. And, um, and so permissive parents really struggle with that because they don't want to make their children unhappy. Then uh, the new covenant teaching is do not provoke your children to frustration. So that means don't be so hard and micromanaging on them that they feel like they can never do anything right. You know, so like if they get a 91 or an 89, good job. That's good. Not, oh, you know, maybe next time you can get a 95, you know, so yeah, but then also recognizing. So yes, you're right. So I think authoritarian, they definitely provoke to frustration, right? Permissive, there is, uh, God forbid your child is ever frustrated. Right. To the, so they take that to the extreme, just like with the, um, if you love your child, you will discipline them. The authoritarian takes it to this extreme. Um, do not provoke your child to frustration. Permissive parenting is all about that. Right. Right. In fact, we're going to do it for you. So right. That you'll never feel frustrated. Right. And I think that with gentle parenting, you know, when your child doesn't get their way and you're having to teach them, there's going to be some, um, maybe a little bit of frustration at the beginning, but encouraging them to show them right. that they can persevere to get whatever behavior you're trying to have them learn. Right. And then um, we parent from a perspective of love and relationship. Like we want and I think that all parents love their children. And I would say authoritarian parents do that a, a really good job. They parent from a place of love. And because what is our definition of love? It's acting and behaving for the highest good of your child. And you truly believe that the highest good for your child is to um, have them obey you and submit to your authority. Right. And I think permissive parenting, they parent out of love. Especially because they value their right. relationship and they think, oh, my child's going to behave more because right. I'm so involved in their in this with them. And I think on both sides of that spectrum, we where they're parenting out of love, but underneath that, there's also they're parenting out of fear. Right. 
You know, so like I fear if I'm not in charge and you don't follow what's going to happen to your future and authoritarian, you know, if you can't follow my mandates, what's going to happen to you? I have to protect you by controlling you. And then permissive is the fear of what if you're not happy? What if you don't feel love? What if you don't feel understood? So both of those, the fear is kind of the opposite side of love. And I think with gentle parenting, uh, I think they do a good job of parenting out of love. Right. And they value that relationships and, um, you know, understanding, empathy, and respect. And I'm just interested because I hear a lot of really good ideas. And, um, but I know that relationships are really messy and that, you know, you get the children you get that have their personalities. And so it's going to be awesome to see you because you're an awesome mother um, in, implement this and we can talk further on it and, and how it comes. So I just want to encourage you all that, um, you know, to think about what parenting dynamics have been passed down from generations and are, are you thing that was um, uh, damaging in your family dynamics that's um, maybe making people divide from you in relationships today? How can you be honest and have some honest conversations about that? And it might even be, you know, you owe someone an apology. You may owe your children an apology and, and taking ownership for, you know, no parent is perfect. I think at the, as your children grow up, every parent probably owes their child an apology somewhere because we are humans and we are going to mess up, but, you know, taking responsibility and saying, you know, I can see why we have a fracture in our relationship because of X, Y, and Z that I was responsible for. Um, You know, that's a hard pill to swallow, but it is one that, you know, will have resounding benefits for your relationships with your children. Right. And and just being able to like really tell the truth in families. This is what, what I was operating from. This is what I believe now. And this is the truth of how things were and how I wish they could change. And, and um, that takes some humility, but what does the scripture say about humility? Humble yourself and in due time, the Lord will exalt you. And so there is some um, humble pie sometimes that we have to eat. And I've eaten quite a large serving here and there, (laughs) but, and, and you'll get your turn. Right. And you're not going to do it all right. But your but your intentions are good, and and God is the God who fixes. If you do make mistakes, which you will, he, He's the one who fixes our mistakes, and we just want to be honest and transparent and own our stuff. And if any of this resonated with you today, and you are finding yourself, while well, I'm really swinging on the side of authoritarian, or I'm really just being way too permissive with my children, we want to offer uh, two tools that you can use uh, in order to maybe improve your family dynamics. The first one for the authoritarian parenting style is allow for appeal. Right. And an, an appeal is where you, you, you tell your children, you're going to be allowed to disagree with me, but and you're going to set up the way that you do that in a respectful way. So it's like when you go before the judge and goes, Hey, I want you to reconsider. And so, you know, you talk, talk to your kids and say, okay, um, you come to me, you say, I, I want to have an appeal. And we use the actually teach the word appeal because it's a red flag to the, to the authoritarian parent. Okay. I want to be able to hear, I'm trying to break this dynamic and I want to teach my children how to have respectful con- confrontation for the future. This is what you would do if you went to a boss, right? You want them to be able to have a, a productive conversation with an authority figure. Right. And so you say, you know, when you said that I couldn't have a sleepover, you know, I want you to think about like, it's a weekend, and I don't have any sports on Saturday. And you know, John and Susie's mom is always home. And um, I promise that I'm going to go to bed by midnight. So I won't just drag around all day. And will you trust me and let me try this out? Will you please reconsider 
the no that you gave me that I couldn't have a sleepover. And so you teach your children how to have logical um, points that they want to bring up. And then as a parent, you honor what they say. I'm not saying that you give in, but you recognize, okay, I heard what you said. And, and it's I'm okay for you, for you as a parent to say, thank you so much. That was a very logical conversation. You've swayed me. Right. And so you swayed me, you know what? Yes, you can't have a sleepover. Or like when Allie gave me the, the, the appeal for riding the golf cart when she was 14 instead of 15. And she gave me the, this great debate and I'm sorry, but yeah, great ideas. And I do see that everybody else is doing that. And I do see that other people don't get caught, but in our house, we're not going to do that until you're 15. I'm sorry. That's my decision. Um, and so think about the t training your children, how to have respectful confrontation by establishing the tool of an appeal. And the permissive tool that we want to provide you is giving a consequence. And if you're struggling with giving consequences to your children because of fear of how they are going to react, it's probably a great idea for you to provide a consequence. Right. And, um, you know, like that's your, that's your signal. Like, Hey, it's time for some consequences. Right. If you, yeah. When you feel like you're going to scream, Usually people who are permissive end up being stuffers and screaming at some point, um, you know, just know like you should back up and give that consequence. Listen to last week's about how to do that. Right. So the, the big key is that when your child is unhappy, you have to tell yourself that I'm being a good parent and I'm trying to raise my child to have a good future. And I am choosing this consequence because it's out of love and love is behaving and speaking for your child's highest good. And right now, for my child's highest good, it is providing a consequence. Thank you for listening to Families Matter Podcast. Subscribe to our podcast and join us each week as we learn how to talk about hard things without ending family relationships. If you connected with our discussion, you can dive deeper into today's concepts on our website, familiesmatterworkshop.com. Here you will find additional instructions and materials to help you implement and process the tools needed to help heal your family. You can also find Dr. Turner's two books, Beloved from the Start and Families Matter, You Matter. These are available on Amazon. Do you have a relationship issue that seems impossible? We want to hear from you. Email us at familiesmatterworkshop at gmail.com or visit our website, www.familiesmatterworkshop.com. Anonymity will be protected. And remember, all it takes is for one family member to choose healthy change in order to improve family dynamics. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.